Our lesson this morning comes from the first chapter of John's Gospel, starting in the 29th verse. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and he watched Jesus walk by. He exclaimed, look, here's the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translate anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You're Simon, son of John. You're to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Pick a destination. Where do you want to go? You got it in your mind? I think spring break's the next opportunity to go. So pick a destination. Got it in your mind. Now. How you going to get there? Got your transportation worked out? When are you leaving? When are you coming back? Are you flying, driving? Okay, you got that figured out? Where are you going to stay at your destination? Where are you going to stay? If you spend less than $100 a night at a hotel... You're probably staying in a dump, or you're staying in a national chain, which, since COVID, had become challenging. However, today, a traveler doesn't have to go through the usual methods of selecting a place to stay. There are options available today that weren't there 20 years ago. There are disruptive corporations and platforms online that allow you to rent a room or a whole house for what it might cost you to spend a night in a national hotel chain. The leading disruptor of the hospitality industry is Airbnb. Airbnb started in San Francisco when... Um, a fella decided he would blow up an air mattress and put it in his living room because of the high cost of hotel spaces in the San Francisco area. So he blew up an air mattress. It's in his apartment 
living room, and he advertised himself as a bed and breakfast. The long name for it used to be airbedandbreakfast.com. In the time since it launched, it has become a $30 billion industry and has booked tens of millions of overnight stays for people all over the world. Jesus, where are you staying? You got an Airbnb, Lord? And Jesus told the first disciples, come and see. Come and see where I am staying. Was it a guest house in Capernaum? Did Joseph and Mary have a condo by the seaside? Was Jesus in an Airbnb? Where was he? To where did they travel when Jesus said, Come and see. This is, and there are two other occasions in Scripture, this is an odd place in Scripture because Jesus is the host. Usually Jesus is the guest. Sometimes he's the guest that invites himself over as he did to Zacchaeus. Other times he's the guest that stands at the door and knocks, as in Revelation 3.20, looking for a dinner invitation. But this time... Jesus extends the invitation to come and see where he's staying. Before we look at Jesus as a host, I want us to consider just for a second what it would be like to have Jesus as a guest. Imagine having Jesus as a guest in your house. What does that look like? First of all, is there wine? Hmm. No, it's Jesus. If you've got bottled water out, if you've got any kind of water out, Jesus can take care of the rest. Furniture. Does Jesus sit at your dining room table or do you do first century Palestine and all sit on the floor? How about foot washing before the meal? Oh, no, Jesus, no. We wash our hands and we use soap, Lord. Um, you got to have Grandma's Bible out. Your big old family Bible, you got to have it out. And, and if, you're, if you really want to make points with the Lord, you got to open it to the third chapter of John's Gospel so Jesus can see where you've got the Bible open. Do you, do you put a cross up? That might be poor form. What about your kids' um, video consoles? Do you put those up or do you keep those out? And do you get that video game called Brood of Vipers, which uh, pins the Pharisees against the Sadducees? Jesus might like that one. Conversation. What are you going to talk to Jesus about? 
So, Lord, uh, born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth, eh? How was that? Uh, Jesus, does God really answer the prayers that golfers pray over a five-foot eagle putt? Or football players, I see them praying a lot. Lord, I, I really want to know, do, do those prayers get answered? What are you going to eat? <laughs> Five loaves and two fishes. You can have leftover fish if you want to. Would you play cards or dominoes? Nope, he knows everything. That's no fun. And yet... You and I carry Jesus around with us all the time. He has been invited into our hearts and our lives. And since we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, we walk around with Jesus all the time as our guests. He knows the thoughts of our hearts. He knows our frustrations. He knows our joys. He's all too aware of our sins and our failures. And he watches over us with that, that love that can't be separated. He is our guest. But let's consider it for a moment, Jesus is the host. What does that look like? What are you looking for? And they said, Rabbi, where are you staying? The great thing about John's gospel is everything is connected. The, the Greek word to stay is meno. Where are you abiding, Lord? Where are you dwelling? And it's the same word that's used over in the 15th chapter of John's gospel where Jesus says, I am the vine, you're the branches. And if you abide, if you reside, if you remain in me, you'll bear fruit. And Jesus said to the ones asking him, come and see. Come and see. And that's the purpose of the church to invite our world to come and see. We are essentially inviting and welcoming ministry and community. We invite, we welcome. What do Christians do? We invite and we welcome. We don't coerce, we commend, we don't impose, we invite, we don't wrestle or wrangle, we welcome. We don't threaten, we tempt and tease. We don't lampoon, we love. Because the mission of the church is to point people to Jesus Christ. The mission and responsibility as disciples of Jesus is to point them to Jesus, not to explain the Apostles' Creed or the Augsburg Confession, not to ask people, if you died tonight, do you know you would go to heaven? Not to seek a pledge, not to tell people to go to the church down the street because they'd probably be more comfortable down there. Not to judge people in terms of their eternal destiny. Not to judge them according to race, gender, or political allegiance. Not to judge their taste in tattoos or music or what team they're going to root for three weeks from now in the Super Bowl. Jesus just said, come and see. In our community of faith, we ought to be saying to our neighbors, come and see. Come check it out. These studies have been done for the last 40 years, and they are statistically unchanging. That you, as members of the church are very influential in inviting people to church. People listen to you. 
Two to three percent of people who join a church join because of denominational allegiance. In other words, two to three percent of the people who would join Trinity would join because we're a Methodist church. Five to six percent of the people who join Trinity will join because of a program, either the music program, the children's program, the youth program, um, some other program or activity in the church. They join because they got hooked into something going on in the church. Three to four percent join the church because of great music or great worship. Eighty percent of the people who join the church join the church because of a friend or a family member invited them to church and asked them to join the church. Eighty percent. Eighty percent. That means clergy are fairly insignificant when it comes to people being connected to the church or joining the church or being active in the church. That means you, as people who know other people, are highly influential and very important in this matter of coming to see. So I'm going to give you a homework assignment. And the good thing about the homework assignment is you can copy off your neighbor's homework and uh, you're going to grade your own papers. But here's your assignment. Invite somebody to church. It's time. Invite somebody to church, but before you do it, I want you to pray about who you're inviting Pray for them, pray about them, ask God if that's the person you ought to be inviting. Then, I want you to be specific. When you invite them, I want you to invite them to a Sunday morning worship service at Trinity United Methodist Church. Tell them 11 o'clock. You know, it's like we, we say to somebody, ah, we ought to do lunch sometime. How many of you are waiting for, we ought to do lunch sometime invitation to actually be fulfilled by somebody? It's not going to be fulfilled, is it? Be specific in your invitation. Invite them to come worship with you. Even better, go pick them up. Do you know the scariest building to walk into other than a hospital? A church. Is believe it or not, you Methodists sit in the same seat. I heard the story just this week of somebody going into a church for the first time, and they actually they actually walked in and sat on a pew that had been donated by a family, and were told to get up. That was they were not a member of the family. It's scary to walk in a church, but if you walk in with a friend, not so bad. And then be persistent. Sometimes you just need to keep plugging away. Don't quit. Don't give up. So your homework assignment is to say to someone, come and see Come and see our church, but more importantly, come and see our Lord. So Jesus invited 
Andrew, come and see. And Andrew goes and gets Peter, and we're all coming to see. The second place where Jesus acts as host is recorded in Luke's gospel, where Jesus tells the disciples, it's time to eat the Passover Seder. Go and prepare. Go and prepare. Jesus is the host, but you and I are in the kitchen. Jesus has purchased and done the shopping, but we're called to do the cooking. Jesus has the ingredients for us, but we've got to put it all together. You know, when, when somebody walks through these doors, they come, come to church looking for something. Um, people come to a church and, and they're looking for a church where they can get out by noon and they can beat the traffic to their favorite place to eat. Some people come to church looking for community. They look, they want to find a place where they can belong. They want to find a place to connect to other people and they want to find a place in that connection to other people. They may also connect to God. Some people look for a foundation upon which they can build their lives. Others are looking for a connection to the divine, to the eternal, to the holy. Some are looking for, to a connection to the past. They want to reconnect with that nostalgia of what church used to be like when they were growing up. To sing the old songs, to, to do the affirmations and the Lord's Prayer. They want, to, they want to connect to their childhood. Some are looking for healing for body and soul. Some are looking for forgiveness. They're looking for new life on the other side of the mistakes they've made or the opportunities they've missed. And each one of you this morning came to church looking for something. So the people we invite to come and see and the ones who just come to our door randomly to come and see, we as disciples have been told, go and prepare, have a church ready for people to come to, have a church where their needs can be met, have a church that is a place where community is built, have a church where the hearts are open and, and lives can be challenged, go and prepare, Jesus said. Go and prepare. Because I'm going to be the host of the sacred meal. And there's another place in John's gospel where Jesus switches this. Where he tells the disciples, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. You go and prepare this Seder meal. And I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Come and see, Jesus said, go and prepare. And then the last place where Jesus acts as host is in the 21st, it's recorded in the 21st chapter of John's gospel. Simon Peter did a brave thing after the resurrection of Jesus. He told the fellows, I'm going fishing. I don't know what you guys are doing. I'm going fishing. And they had fished all night. And just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, have you no fish, have you? And they answered, and this has been edited down, they answered, no. Upset fishermen are not going to answer just no. They're going to put, they're going to put some colorful language in there. 
And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. And I think they probably commented on that too. So they cast it and they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and he jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging a net full of fish. They were not far off from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they were gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've just caught. And then he said, come and have breakfast. Come and dine. Come and dine. So many business deals are sealed over a meal where you invite a a colleague or you invite a, a customer to sit down with you and have a meal. And it's at that meal that the deal is sealed, the contract is signed, the, the decisions are made to move forward. And what Jesus is telling us as disciples is he has invited us into a deeper relationship with him. There is the tertiary, there is the initial come and see, there is the secondary go and prepare, there is the tertiary, the deeper come and dine, come sit down with me, come be in my presence, just be with me. And it's in that intimate sharing. It's in that deep relationship with Jesus Christ that our needs are met, that our our lives are encouraged, that we're given hope and vision and forgiveness and mercy and grace and direction and love. Three times the gospel tells us that Jesus was the host. Come and see, he said. Go and prepare, and then come and dine. As we rate ourselves, as an institution, as a body of Christ that practices hospitality in Jesus' name, I wonder, do we get five stars? Three stars or no stars? It's pretty much up to you. Would you stand and pray with me? We thank you, O God, for the hospitality that you have offered us in Christ Jesus. We thank you that you host us, that you invite us into this journey with you. We pray, O God, that that journey would be life-giving and life-changing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.